Hey everyone, welcome to the Delta Flyers with Tom and Harry as we journey through episodes of Star Trek Voyager. Your two hosts along this journey are my fellow Trek actor, who also starred in the 1992 episode First Duty for Star Trek The Next Generation as Nick Locarno. Some people think that this is the origin story for Tom Paris. It yes. may or may not be. Yeah. Mr. Robert Duncan McNeil and myself, your favorite Eternal Ensign, Garrett Wong. Remember, you can get the full version of this podcast by signing up at patreon.com forward slash the Delta Flyers. You can become a patron. Hello. Well, hello there. Hello. How are you? Good. Hey, thank you for taking care of the Tim Russ interview. That was good. Oh, it was great. It was great. It definitely made me realize like when the two of us are interviewing, we can kind of like piggyback and, you know, you say something that inspires me and then I say something. It definitely like doing it by myself. I was like, it's harder. Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah, harder. It really is. <laughs> I think we we dig a little deeper when it's the two of us. So yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. Cool. But yet, it's it was nice because you have a lot of similarities with Tim Russ. I couldn't the, believe how many that things was really we had freaky. in common. That kind of blew me away. I was like, wait a minute. They both did Twilight Zone very early in their career. First season, they, yeah. But, yes. And then uh, what was the other thing? There were three things. P- the PBS show was the PBS show was job. the very first. Yes. Now that's really weird. Okay, that's so weird. PBS, then Twilight, then what was the third thing? There's the another third? thing. Oh, oh, we both did the same season of TNG. The exact same season, nineteen, yeah. which I just mentioned just now as your other, you know, um, yeah. Big credit. He had been, yeah, he had been trying to get on that on oh the, uh, Star God. Trek show for a few years, ages. Yeah, couldn't get it, couldn't get it, and then finally right. got it right around the same time. Right. Like we could have met. Yeah, I have no idea. We might yeah. have. We might have crossed paths. Yeah. That was a great interview. If yeah. you're not a Patreon patron, mm-hmm. you should sign up because that was a Tim Russ interview was phenomenal. That's all there on the Patreon site. Yes. Um, at commander level and above. You can yeah. you can tune in on all these wonderful extra interviews and uh, and bonus content that we have that yeah. really it's it's it really kind of gives you the full picture. So when you have a chance, folks, jump in there and 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 uh and subscribe. Yeah. You won't you won't be sorry. No, you won't be sorry. I'm not sorry. All these conversations <laughs> like with Tim yeah. or or stuff that you know i've known him for almost 30 years now yeah, and, and i did. never never knew any of this so i mean the amount of if i was to actually sit there and count the number of wows that came out of you you're like wow <laughs> wow 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 <laughs> what and what's and i didn't know that there was a lot of that in there yeah. and that's that's super cool because again we've known tim for decades but yet there were definitely facts that came so out in that interview. New stuff. So was much just new like, stuff. excuse us, come, yeah. come again. How did that yeah. happen again? So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's tremendous. Okay, so are you ready for this week's episode? Yes, I am. Yeah, me too. It's called Equinox Part One. So this is a two-parter. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like two-parters. I think they're fun. It's uh, going to be big. It will be. I'm excited. All right, everyone. Let's go watch it. Let's go watch it. We'll be right back and with our uh, review, recap, and discussion of Equinox Part 1. Thank you, everyone. Robbie and I are back from watching... Yes, we are. From the, the Age episode. of Equinox. The Age of Equinox. Is that what you're going with? Yeah, I was going with sort of the, you know, it's it's the Equinox. It's the hippie thing. I'm still... Yeah, so instead of Age I still of Aquarius. think my idea... <laughs> Is the is, better idea. Uh, okay. It's a pretty cool idea. But anyway. I wonder if the gym, the 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 gym chain Equinox was established mm. because the founder was a huge fan of Voyager and he loved this episode. Maybe. Maybe. 
Well, know. it's funny because when I put Equinox in my notes for the first time, it auto-corrected with a capital. So as if it's the the gym. So yeah. maybe my phone already was thinking I kept typing Equinox gym. The, mm. and, and for those of you that don't live in America, I don't know if there's Equinox. Equinox is a chain of very fancy workout gyms. Yeah. And I actually don't even pronounce it Equinox. I say Equinox is how I say uh, the, the word. So tomato, tomato, I guess. I don't know. Or maybe I'm just flat out wrong. I, I say Equinox. Because <laughs> hey, I like horses. Hey, what? Wait, okay. So Equinox is another way to pronounce it. Let's get into this Equinox part one. Teleplay by Brandon Braga and Joe Minoski. Was I right or was I You're right? Totally right. Yeah. Story by Rick Berman, Brandon and Joe. Mm-hmm. So Rick was a part of breaking down the story. Yep. David Livingston was oh, our director. Two for two for me. I could have I could have sworn it was Alan Craker. Well, maybe, maybe he, he did, did part, part two. two. Yeah. Jenks, yo me coke. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I just I again I, it just seems like whenever it's a two-parter. It's a Brandon Braga and yeah. Joe Minoski production. Yeah. Typically, yeah. guest stars. Let's go through our actors real quick. John Savage mm-hmm. uh, is in this episode. We had talked about that earlier. John Savage's very first film. This is a not safe for work alert for those. Uh, <laughs> what? As, I, as I read the title. Oh, no, no. His please. very first film was an indie horror film in 1969, back when like. You know, anybody that had a camera could make a movie and try to find a distributor or do it themselves. When you were five and I was one. Yes. This is 1969. John Savage's first job in an indie horror, low budget horror film. Mm. The title was The Master Beater. (laughs) The Master Beater. So I guess he was like he would torture people is, I think, part of the plot. That using, was him. Yes. You, you would torture people using self erotica. I don't know what, what's happening here. I, master I don't get beater. It. I think he was I don't the, get it. the master. It was like a, he was like a sadistic master would torture and tie people up. He was I, the master I said of beating. It's, yes. It master of beating. The master beater. I told you it's not safe for work. Okay, fine. That's John Savage's first film. I'd forgotten he was in Hair. I totally got reminded the yeah. Onion Field. Like he was, he was a movie yeah, star he was, when we were young people. Heck yeah, he was huge movie star, mm-hmm. classy. Mm-hmm. So that's John Savage. Titus Welliver, love Titus. Seen I him for, in, yeah, he's all yes. over the place. And I talked about him recently. I talked about how it's so funny how. You watch different TV shows and all of a sudden you start seeing guest stars of actors that you knew when you were when young. Were com- and yeah. then now they're playing dads and they're playing grandfathers. And it's just like, oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Woo. But yeah, good old Titus. T- Titus, uh, great actor. His first job was a movie called Navy Seals. And it what was year? in 1991. I remember that film. Navy huh. Seals yeah. with Charlie Sheen. That's right. Uh, Olivia Berkeland, Berkeland, uh, mm-hmm. who played Gilmore. Ensign Gilmore. Yeah. Ensign Gilmore. Her first job, also 1991, the soap opera One Life to Live. Oh, wow. And she's one year older than you. She was born in 63. So. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's Olivia Berkeland. Yeah. And then our, our of course, our uh, one of our favorites, Rick Worthy. Yeah. Uh, appearing on our show again. This Yet time again. Not- not, the, as a not, co- not as a robot. Exactly. They allowed him to show his mug 
on camera. Mm -hmm. Finally, his first job was a TV show called Missing Persons with Daniel J. Travanti. Okay, I didn't write down the year, though. So that's a big mistake I made. That's all right. But I'm going to guess since, uh, you know, it was in the 90s. That's what it would have been. Because the first episode of Voyager that he was on was... yeah, I think it was like 92 or something. Like yeah. That. I can't, I just didn't write it down. But yeah. that's Rick Worthy. We probably mentioned it before. I forgot one last uh, guest star, Scarlett Palmers, who plays Naomi Wildman. She has one scene, she pops in. But you're missing one other person, the person who's yelling incomprehensible, you know, just, just going, yeah, and he's shooting the phaser. That guy. Who is that guy? I don't know. He's the guy on the Equinox that Neelix finds. Oh, he jumps he's probably up. a stunt man. Really? Was, they probably hired a stunt man. Well, Would he had lines. Guess. He did speak and he fires, but he speaks, like I said, incomprehensible baby Let talk. Let me see. He's like, Is that Steve Dennis, maybe? I I don't know. Was that the, that was the one that that went crazy and they said he's got mental problems? Yes. I yes. think it was he's Steve. wearing green medical. He's wearing the medical. Stephen uh, Dennis is the is actor's it? name. Okay. He was on Voyager more than once, I think. What? He was in Night, uh, the episode Night. He was As... a night, night alien. Oh, he was the poop alien? No. Yeah, he was a poop alien. Wow. He was also in Think Tank playing Phenom. What? He was also in Warhead playing Uncanny. Okay. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That's so who it was. Yeah, he's he's kind of like the the Jeffrey Combs of Voyager in a way. Yeah, like doing Stephen all these Dennis. Vo- what? I forgot to mention him. I think yeah. we need to have him on as a guest. I really feel like he's got his a lot first to talk job. About. His first job was pro the TV series Profiler in 1997. Yeah, remember that? That show was Stephen Dennis. Interesting. There's our cast. Oh. We got everybody: Scarlett and Rickworthy yeah. and Olivia and Titus yeah. and John and and you and me. Yeah, we were in it. Let's do our poetry synopsis. All right. We? Okay. Here we go. My haiku for Equinox Part One. Yes. Equinox needs help. Turkey Platter Tom jealous. And EMH spy. There you go. Nice. You've got a lot of ground covered there, I especially did. the Tom and Bolana. Tom, I, I like that. You know I'm going to talk about I, that. We I think we need a t shirt. Tom, Turkey Platter Paris t shirt yeah. is what we yeah. need. Okay. Uh, right. Let's hear this a little bit. For some I'm more ready. poetry. We're going to have a limerick for Equinox Part 1. It goes a little something like this. Lay it on me. Voyager meets another victim of the caretaker at war with an interspatial fissure horrific noisemaker. Everyone is acting super nice, but Seven discovers the spice. The Equinox crew is led by a prime directive rule breaker. Oh, yeah. Right? Good. I like it. That's good. Some complicated rhymes in there. It was complicated. Yeah. You know what? I don't know. I think maybe we might have to be, we might have to transition into rap music. Yes, I think, I think we're gonna have we to should wrap be the new, some yeah. synopses. Yeah, just little hip hop synopsis, cool hip hop synopsis of life is what okay. we can do. All right, okay, I like that idea. <laughs> All right, let's get into our episode. Lots All to right. talk about. All right, let's so our first 
First thing is we see a Starfleet vessel flying through space. Mm. It's got some kind of weird force field around it. That's kind of yeah, just fritzing in and fritzing out and shimmery and very, very confusing because it, it looked a lot like Voyager, this ship. It it had similar pedigree, you know, but it was this, we we're going to come to learn it's a science vessel and blah, blah, blah. But we, what the heck is this Starfleet thing doing in our show? Very correct. We're confused. First shot, we see the captain on the bridge of that ship. John Savage rocks into a close-up and he mm-hmm. says, stay the course. Yes. We cut down to our pilot. At the con, we see Titus Welliver is revealed. We don't know. I didn't know who his character was, but I was like, Titus Welliver. I forgot yeah. he's in this too. He's Helm, but he's also the FO, we learn later. But, you know, yeah. in this shot, he's, he's Helm. Yeah. He's the helmsman. But I, I said the same thing. I go, oh. It's Titus. Titus. I forgot he was in this. Yeah. yeah. We learned that their deflector shields are at 29% and these aliens are attacking Ooh. them, whatever's yeah. happening, or these weapons. We don't even know that it's aliens yet. Yeah. Could be weapons fire. We don't know what's happening. He says, yeah. drop the shields and allow them to recharge. We're going to mm. need 45 seconds. Yeah. So they lower these shields and all of a sudden these portals start opening yeah, and they start to fire at them. They're firing yeah. at the portals, and they're closing. And it's like a video game. Other know? portals yeah. are popping up over mm-hmm. here. They begin to get overwhelmed by all these portals opening, and then a mm. creature comes out of one and goes and attacks some officer on their bridge. Mm-hmm. As as he's sort of attacked by the alien, suddenly he collapses and he starts to mummify. It was very cool. Basically, turns into like a a mummy of a human in seconds. It was very horrifying. It was. And it kind of looks a lot like what happened to the character of Taman on the planet of women that were leering me. Oh yeah. Remember that? Like I found him and he was completely desiccated. Yeah. He was a mummy. So I, you know, I was thinking maybe, maybe they have some relationship. This, these, these aliens might. To the planet of women. Yeah. They might be cousins of, of those aliens. <laughs> so These ladies are mad and they're coming through <laughs> portals now. Yeah. Um, okay. So he, he fires at this thing, but, uh, but he's, he gets overwhelmed and he's dead. And I, yeah. I want to say very cool shots in this opening, lots of like super wide angle close-ups, yep. weird high angles looking down on people or yep. it was just classic, like, you know, wide lens Livingston. David it was, Livingston, all over it the place. Cool. It, looked, it did look cool. And the other thing to note is that that bridge is just a mess. It's not like it was pristine, like our no. bridge. Like they have no. been clearly dealing with this foe, this enemy mm-hmm. for quite some time because yeah. they are in shambles. I mean, it looks like they've been dealing with this for months uh, mm-hmm. or maybe longer. Uh, the next thing we see after I think our opening credits is astrometrics. We go into astrometrics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Janeway, Seven, Chakotay are looking at this some message, and it, it's John Savage. And uh, we have seen what's going on on their ship, but now they're getting this message. Yeah, it's just it's a distress call. They li- they rewind it, listen to it, and she picks up Ransom and Equinox. Yeah, and she remembers Ransom. She knows the name. Yes, and also. This message was transmitted 14 hours ago. Yeah. And the distance was 3.2 light years away. So not that far. No. And yeah, and you're right. Janeway does remember the name. She doesn't know him. She knows. Yeah, knows you can tell him. she goes ransom. Ransom. She, yes. 
And then yes. they decide, okay, it's 3.2 light years. Let's go maximum warp, go to red alert, red let's alert. get over there, yeah, help him out. And then we cut out into the hall because um, Seven says, well, did you know him? Yeah. And Janeway says, well, by reputation only. I didn't mm. I didn't know him personally, but he was a you know well-known science officer. And he actually um, proved the Borg and Starfleet wrong about this extinct species that even the Borg thought was extinct. Yeah, the Eurydians, a species mm-hmm. 6291 is the designation from the Borg. And mm-hmm. everyone thought they were extinct. You're right. And because he was an exobiologist and, and proved everybody wrong, that's how he got promoted to captain. That's yep. how he became the captain of this Nova-class starship, the Equinox, a science vessel. Both of them are kind of jazzed about meeting him. They're like, yeah. oh, I really want to meet this guy. You know, he's a groundbreaker in a way. Yeah. Even though from the distress call, they're probably dying, and but they're like, cool, let's cool, go meet We're going to meet this guy yeah. who might be dead it's when we like get a, there. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now we go to a space shot. Voyager's going at warp. We come back onto the bridge, come out of warp, and they have found them. Yeah. But everybody's on the bridge now, I noticed. Neelix, Neelix is there. Is there. Yeah. working off to the side. Yeah. It's very unusual. So obviously, this is a big deal to find the Starfleet vessel near us in the Delta Quadrant. Definitely. Yeah. Or clearly, everyone is excited to meet Captain yes. Ransom. This is what yes. it is. Well, when the view screen, we see on the view screen, we see the Equinox and Neelix. Neelix is the one who asks, hey, what's happening to their shields? And Torres says, well, they're being disrupted by some kind of energy surges. And Janeway hails the Equinox and Ransom starts to bark out orders. He's like, extend your shields around the Equinox. We need this mm-hmm. now. And, and Janeway's like, "What? what uh, uh, OK, do it, do it. Yep. She hails Ransom again, no response. So she tells Chakotay to assemble rescue teams to secure the equinox and figure out what's going on. So they do they do extend their shields yeah. around and and Paris moves the ship into kind of Voyager right above it so yes. that they're in kind yes. of this this uh, one on top of the other situation. Mm-hmm. And then uh the shields do extend and hold but they hear these interspatial fissures just yeah. before the shields kind of wrap around both of them. They yeah. hear, they hear these noises. And they're uh, creepy. They're creepy horror movie type noises. Screechy yeah. kind of noises. Yes. But uh, they kind of disappear. Uh, there's no more sign of these fissures. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Janeway says, Tuvok, you're with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to assemble rescue crews. And she's on a mission. Yeah. So next thing we see is on the Equinox ship. We're in the engineering room. It's Chakotay, Paris, Torres. I made a note. Balana's fluffy hair. She's got special. <laughs> Did you, you know, notice her hair yeah, in this episode? Yeah, no, she, she went to the salon again because like there's all she kinds knew of... that her ex-boyfriend was going to be there. That's <laughs> what's going know. on. She had no clue. Not at this point. Well, the no. hair department knew that well, was they in need... the script. Oh, so they, they, got made... her, they got her all dolled up, didn't they? I mean, it was... It was almost like she got a perm or a body wave or something. I feel happening. like they and honestly, like that's what they looked at the script and went, Oh, she's this is a story where she, you know, reconnects with an ex. So we should go back to her more Klingon look, which had the kind of wavier hair, like, like the old, but it makes no sense. No, I, uh, maybe. I, yeah. Why else would they do it then? Why else would they kind of have a whole different look than she? Has that's true had since the it's confusing it, it really it makes no sense it should no. it it should not have been there to be perfectly honest fluffy hair um, fluffy hair is a little weird thumbs down so on the fluffy Ch- hair so chakotay asked balana to try and bring this main power back online restore the power yeah, they come across a desiccated body and it's tom good old tommy boy scans 
this desiccated body. And he says, it's some kind of thermolytic reaction. Every single cell is desiccated. And Torres kind of hollers, hey, I can't figure out this injector manifold. And the dilithium matrix has been completely redesigned. There's a bunch of attachments to their warp core that are completely uh, alien looking. They don't, they or they look, you know, kind of not hastily constructed, but just makeshift constructed sort of mm-hmm. like okay we'll grab this part attach it to this little valve and we'll we'll, we'll figure something out so it's yeah. a very strange um setup that we see in their engineering room yeah and chakotay you know he's scanning he's looking around with his flashlight and then he, he sees, sees somebody, somebody under a bunch of debris like yeah. beans and and yeah. big chunks of debris and i made a note boy is chakotay strong he single-handedly <laughs> literally lifts beams of Listen, you know, metal compounds that, you know, I can barely lift a bag of groceries and he's <laughs> lifting. <boom. laughs> you know what? That's because he can summon the power of a Kuchimoya and you did not. That's what that. it is. That's what, That's it, what is. it is. It's clearly yeah. that. Um, but the he does find, mm-hmm. does find Gilmore. Yeah. And she is terrified. She's got PTSD. Clearly, She she's, is. Yeah. She's shaken to the bone for sure. Yep. She doesn't know what's up or down. And, and she's very confused. She's like, I thought we were the only yeah. humans in the yeah. Delta Quadrant. And he yes. said, so did we. So do we. We thought the same thing. We have something in common, my dear. And yeah. I thought, oh, here comes another storyline for Chakotay to fall. Another Chakotay yeah, <laughs> love story. Yeah. All the JC shippers are getting angry. I felt the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, We go to, we see a ladder. I don't know where, where was this? Uh, That I wrote down as the Equinox Jeffries tube. Yeah. Um, So a section of the Equinox, Equinox Jeffries tubes with Harry and seven in there. Harry's leading Mm -hmm. the way there. He says over here and they find someone else and it's Rick worthy. Good old Rick. I forgot he was in this too. So I was like, Oh, I know me too. Rick. He's stuck. He's pinned under He's another pinned beam. under a thing. Yeah. And then Harry tells Seven, stay here with him. Keep him calm, Harry yeah. says. Yes. So Seven turns to Rick's character. And Seven, after after she's instructed, keep him calm. Be, be nice. Because Harry has to cut him loose with a plasma yeah. torch. Get him out of there. And she turns to him, this terrified man, and says, state your name. <laughs> like, like, that's not, why, why are you yelling at him? That's her. It's not very calming. <laughs> uh, but see, the, what's so funny is that Rick Worthy is playing Noah Lessing so calm. Like he doesn't need any more calmness. He's speaking. Well, he's with like her. just. I thought he was like in shock, delirious and he's in, in shock. Because he, yeah. he says, yeah. do, or, do I still have my legs? She's like, yeah. you have all your limbs. But uh, I just thought it was so funny. Like yeah. she is, has no yeah. bedside manner whatsoever. No, she doesn't. But he's clearly in shock. And uh, I, I, I wrote down what was most interesting is that Seven says, "Do not be frightened," and then his response is, "Too late for that." And yeah. now you know something weird is happening in this ship, and you're not understanding. Uh, well, we don't know as the audience what's been going on. The next team we see is uh, Neelix and his team, and he's scanning. It looks like bunk beds or something. Yeah, I said Equinox crew quarters is what I wrote down. So he's scanning bunk this bunk mm-hmm. bed area, mm-hmm. and suddenly this guy gets up, one of the Equinox crew members. There's a brief firefight that goes on in here. They yeah. they shoot this terrified survivor, stun him, <laughs> and Neelix calls to sick bay that uh, he's in mental distress and uh, yeah needs to go to sick bay. Uh, next thing is on the Equinox Bridge. 
we see Janeway with Tuvok. Uh, they find some more mummy corpses mm-hmm. and then they find some survivors, including the captain who's in his chair still. Mm-hmm. And Burke. And Burke. Helms and Burke, Burke is there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Janeway, you know, gently speaks with Ransom. She learns that they've been battling for weeks with these aliens. He mm-hmm. asks about Earth. She says, I don't know. I, I, I haven't been there in a while. And they have a nice conversation where they, they realize that the caretaker brought both of them, grabbed both of them out of the Alpha Quadrant. Yeah, it was a it here. was a jinx, you owe me a Coke moment because she said, we've been in yep. the Delta Quadrant for five years. We were pulled here by the care. And right when she says caretaker, he says it at the same time. Yep. And she looks at him and she thinks, oh, okay, we got to compare some notes here. Yep. And we now know that's how they got there. Just same way we did. But she says, first, we got to you know deal with your injuries and mm-hmm. you need to get to our ship. And so he basically argues in the beginning. Yeah. He's like, I'm not leaving my ship. No. I can't do it. Stay here. And yeah. she insists. And so he ultimately uh, gives in. And- yeah is going to go over there. So next thing is uh, we, we jump to the mess hall. There's a little mm-hmm. bit of a time cut. And Ransom is now uh, leading a memorial for his dead crewmen. So there's yeah. uh, survivors from the Equinox on one side of the mess hall and then a big Voyager crew, including all of us on the other side. I made a note, it looks like West Side Story. It <laughs> looks like there's going to be a rumble. <laughs> it was like they're both on either side. Okay, I, f- I felt my- like it was a musical number was about to start. And we were gonna like <laughs> my notes. No, that's a good. That's a good call. You're you're right. It did have that that sort of West Side Story feel. Yeah, it did. But, it did uh, a bit. but I was making the count in the in the commemoration of all these fallen Equinox crew members. He lists five that have passed yeah, away. That's it. And standing there, including Ransom, are six. So that's 11 crew members that are there. And I thought, that's not a lot of crew left. That's they probably a, had more. Well, in sick well okay. Bay but yeah, and, you yeah. Know. Who was in uh, Lessing? Uh, our, our friend Rick Worthy was in Sick Bay. That's one, yeah. right? And there must have been others. There must because, have been others. And they probably have had memorials on their own ship yeah, for people yeah. that have been killed before. Right. So, and when we but, see later, yeah, I don't know how many are left on yeah. this Equinox show. There were more faces when we see later in the episode, when they've been yeah. confined to quarters, when um, EMH yeah. Equinox EMH comes in to, to kind of save the day for his crew. We do see more crew members there, but I was thinking, boy, this is worse than a skeleton crew. There's very, there's, there's no one left. Yeah. Practically. Janeway welcomes them aboard. Basically, like we're all on the same side now. Looks like the two, both of these crews are going to have to work together and fight these aliens. She assigns uh, Kim and Torres to lead the repairs on the ship. Mm -hmm. She says top priority and Seven and Tuvok are going to work with Ransom's uh, first officer, Burke, and analyze these attacks, figure out what what that was about and we see burke look over at balana and you can tell immediately that they have a history and he when everyone's dismissed burke kind of walks over to paris and balana and harry are all there and uh gives her a hug and it's a little extra long hug clearly kind of flirty and a little awkward for tom yeah but he also says blt before he the calls hug. yeah, yeah. Which now you near, you realize there's a nickname involved. So there's mm-hmm. obviously some type of intimacy that has mm-hmm. happened between these two. And yeah, yeah, Tom is not excited. Tom is not Tom's excited. Tom's a little. He, 
Mm-hmm. He's a little jealous, and he and, is. And Burke invites Bellana uh, to out for a to dinner. meal. Yeah, yeah. let's like, get dinner together. She says, "Well, we can all have dinner," which I think was very cute, but not yeah. you know. Uh, she was she did, she was not forthcoming. She was well, what a is she supposed friendly to say? And what is what's Tori supposed to say? Uh, sorry, this is my boyfriend. I mean, she. I mean, what is she gonna say? She. I, know. I mean, you know. I know. It but even it later is. on, when it finally comes out, she doesn't really say it. He said he says it. Yeah. Later on. Oh yeah. Which I thought was an interesting observation. It is. It is. But uh, anyway, she says, "Yeah, let's all go." And he says, "Okay, well, I'll see you later." And he kind of touches her as he leaves. He touches her belly her, or something. Yeah, like her hip just, or something. Yeah, I was like, I, wow, that's, that's quite forward. forward. Yeah. yeah, and I love that I came up with turkey platter. I love that. Yeah, that was very funny. That was well, so funny. turkey platter. What do we say? What do you say? We get to work. Yeah, mm-hmm. turkey platter. And you're like, I'm not I like jealous. When, I like when she says, uh, "No need for red alert." We, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, and we, we you, broke up ten years ago. No yeah. need for red and alert. You're like, well, what about yellow? What about alert? yellow <laughs> alert? That's right. My yellow no, alert I, for, for like, stop smiling so flirty at this ex-boyfriend. Yeah. What about off-white alert? Hmm? What about that? Yeah. What about beige yeah. alert? Uh, yeah, it was very funny. I love yeah. that scene. Really yeah, good. It was very cute. All very right. Cute. So now we're in the corridor and Gilmore sort of catches up with Chakotay. Yep. And she basically says that she wants to be reassigned. She doesn't want to be on a work detail that's working on the Equinox. And she comes for, she, you know, she's very forthright. And then she tells Chakotay, I'm dealing with a little bit of PTSD. And Chakotay was like, okay, I get that. Their conversation continues until they get to the turbo lift. The turbo lift doors open, Chakotay enters and Gilmore just hesitates. She's standing at the threshold and she's like, uh, and then Chakotay says, well, it's a, it's a long way to where we got to go. So, yeah. The Jeffrey's uh, tube is yeah. a, it's a lot faster than the, the Jeffrey's yeah. tube sure. to deck 11. Yep. And so, so she gets in gets and she in. says, yeah, a f- the fissure opened inside a turbo lift on my ship. Yep. And, uh, you know, it was it was a very traumatic thing. And then suddenly she starts to hear that. I was confused here. I don't know if it was the real sound because he didn't react or if no, it he was did. just. No, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. That's yeah, right. he, he said did. it he was. He her. said, yeah, he said, oh, that's just the and he gave the response of what it was. Um, yeah, but then it sort of pushed in and got really loud. So that was more her point of view, her experience of like amplifying it or something oh it was a little okay. confusing to me because they pushed in on her face tighter 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 and then she's like no emergency stop and she has to get out he says it's only a graviton relay nothing mm-hmm. to worry about and she says do i look worried and then she hears more of the noise and then it yeah i think what it does is it then kind of transfers into it goes the, from the like a real noise. relay real sound normal no into, into her alien like, noise whoa, whoa. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Pushes yeah, yeah. in and she's like, yeah. stop, emergency stop. Mm-hmm. And That's she gets it. out. She's like, I think I'm going to take the Jeffers too. Yeah. And he's very kind. And there's, you know, again, I still felt like, oh, this is going to be the alien of the week for Chakotay. Mm-hmm. We've seen this before with him because he's yeah. sort of charming and yeah. very empathetic. And yeah, you know, doing his Kuchi Moya thing. <laughs> yeah. Next, we go to Astrometrics, Janeway, Ransom, Tuvok, yes. Seven. And Seven has run a thermographic analysis of our shields. There are multiple yes. stress points from Fisher's opening of these aliens trying to get through. 
And Janeway says, we have less than two days to mount a defense. Seven says, well, these aliens can only survive for several seconds in our realm. They are like fish out of water. Tuvok then chimes in saying that it's a tactical weakness that can be exploited. And Seven says, well, if we can hold them here for longer than the several seconds, then they will think twice before attacking us again. So then Janeway asks the most important question, how do we catch these fish? Burke suggests a net, a multi-phasic force field as a net. And he brings this up because he says they had to see what they were up against. So they built a small chamber to trap one alien for several minutes And Janeway says, well, maybe we can expand on this technology and surround both of our ships with this multi-phasic force field. And she wants to examine that stasis chamber that Burke talks about. But Ransom says, no, 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 it's not possible. Don't go in her her chamber. Don't go there. It's filled with thermionic radiation. And that's over in our lethal. So yeah, anyone who steps foot in our research lab is going to die. So don't even even think about it. But Burke says, you know, you can look at our schematics. You'll see everything. You don't need to go there. Yeah, we've got it over in our data core. You can just look at that. And Ransom says that he will try to download the schematics. And he asked Janeway to give him a hand. So we leave from this scene to the Equinox Bridge. And now we get a little bit more backstory about what really happened. Yeah, they have a nice long scene here. She talks about how his crew calls him by his first name. Which is weird, by the way. I mean, that that was kind of like, what? And he said, well, when things, you know, have been as desperate as they are, you know, let down some of the formalities. And Janeway's response is, well, actually, I think sticking with protocol is reassuring. It reminds them of where they came from Mm -hmm. and where they're going to, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So she's got the opposite kind of perspective on you know the rules and all of that yeah she's sort of the glass is half full and he's sort of the glass is half empty kind of guy right now she says she shares with him about warp core breaches ion storms run-ins with dangerous aliens including the borg yeah which he has not he said that. yeah he says we've never encountered the borg jamie says you're pretty lucky he says their first encounter was with the crotonan guard crotonan Crotonan guard. He set an uh, course, uh, set course towards Earth, and the Crotonan guard warned them that that they had violated their territory, mm-hmm. and told them to leave immediately. And he ordered the course maintained. Mm-hmm. And over the following week, thirty nine crew members were killed, half, half. of his crew. Yeah. So that means he had about eighty or so on the ship. Mm-hmm. um originally yeah. and she's she says at one point she's like you know this is a science vessel like it's maximum warp eight all kinds of limitations i can't believe you've made it this far like she's kind of surprised how yeah. far they've come yeah but i guess because they haven't met the board maybe maybe in some ways they haven't had some of the challenges we've had and so yeah. maybe that would explain how they could be this far Yeah, but his dialogue is very telling. He says, after a couple of years, we forgot we were explorers. And at times we forgot we were human beings. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of slowly letting it out because he's, you know, he's testing Janeway. He's trying to see where she sits on this fence, right? And that's when he asks her that the big question. He says, from captain to captain, how often have you broken the prime directive? Because he wants to know if she's more of a maverick captain or not being in the Delta quadrant. And she yeah. says, well, has she, never. Has she had to make compromises. Like yeah. He knows what he's done. So, yeah. 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 So she says, I've never, I've never broken the prime directive, but I've definitely bent it on bent occasion. It, exactly. yeah. 
And then they find uh, the inauguration plaque or the yeah, the bridge know, plaque, the, the bridge mm-hmm. plaque, the commission yeah. plaque. And uh, Janeway says, let's put this back where it belongs. And yeah. they head, head off to put the plaque back. They're going to try to help them repair the ship. And mm-hmm. everything seems good so far. Sure um, does. So we go to the mess hall and there's Burke eating and uh, Ransom approaches. He says, you know, I'm so tired of eating these emergency rations. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, this food here. Ransom leans in and has now, we think everything, we thought everything was good with Janeway, but now we realize Ransom saying, be careful. Janeway and this crew will never understand the truth. Yeah. And Burke's like, they're going to find out eventually. And he says, not if we keep them out of the research lab, keep them out of the lab (laughs) and don't tell your girlfriend. Yeah. (laughs) Don't tell your ex-girlfriend. Be be careful what you say around them, especially ex-girlfriends. Yeah. Yeah. So this is our first indication. And then Ransom sort of takes a bite of food. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He takes a bite. He reaches down on his plate and eats some food. And he's like, "Mm, "Mm, that's good. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. But now, but this scene is really our first indication that uh, something is afoot. They're hiding something. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. it seem really nice and friendly on the outside, but they've got some secrets. They got a secret. Um, so now we're in Astrometrics and we see seven, nine and the door is open and Noah Lessing. Noah Lessing, our Rick Worthy, calm, calm, Rick Worthy enters. He's got his legs. He's got his legs. They're working. And he tells seven that he's been assigned to help her sort through the Equinox's biodata. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they hear the Fisher sound, and they both draw their phasers, which takes us to the bridge. And on the bridge, Tuvok, Chakotay, and Harry pick up these multiple fissures on multiple decks. Mm-hmm. They're opening, and then suddenly they're gone. And yeah. Tuvok says something about they just, they all decided to focus their attention together on one fissure. So instead of opening... Yeah. A bunch of fissures, they're going to maybe work together and get through a bunch of them through one fissure. So maybe they're changing tactics, we realize. Right. Yeah. Another wrinkle in the plot. Mm-hmm. And then we go out to space and we see the ships flying by again. And that takes us into briefing room. Briefing room. Yes. Yeah, so we're in the briefing room and we have basically... 14 hours are needed to improve our shields to be effective against these new attacks where the aliens are focusing on one shield. That's it, a single shield vector. And everybody's in there, by the way. Janeway, Chicote, yes. Ransom, Burke, Gilmore, Everyone. Seven, Tuvok. Yeah. They're all in there trying to, you know. All the players and all the guest yeah. players were all there. Yeah. And Janeway says, you know, we should combine both crews to work on Voyager. And this way we can get the shield improvements done faster because mm-hmm. it was Gilmore who says 14 hours. We not we may not even be alive by that time. So Janeway says, well, let's combine both crews. And Ransom is very hesitant about that. He's like, well, I think both ships are important. We should probably try to save both ships. And of course, we now know after watching it is because he's got technology to get him back yeah. home. That's why. Um, but he's like, yeah, let's keep, let's keep them separate. Two, two's better than one. Right. Yeah. And yeah. then Janeway quotes a Starfleet regulation. She says, well, yeah. regulation one, nine, one article 14, which states that a combat situation involving more than one ship command falls to the vessel with tactical superiority. And there's kind of an awkward pause. And she said, he says, are you ordering me now? And she says, no, I'm not ordering you. Ultimately, 
he is kind of forced to agree with her because it is the rules. He defers to Janeway. And yeah, and that whole conversation was about who outranks who in this situation. Yep. Who is the superior captain? Captain. And yeah. And when she pulls out that regulation, he complies. He's like, okay, you know. And but he, he has to say, comply in front of everybody else because yeah. he's, you know, he can't look like the... No the rebel that he has that been he really in is real exactly. life. so he's got to look like he respects the rules yeah he's hiding the fact that he totally broke the rules <laughs> yeah. he wanted to say stick it up your wormhole but he did not he was ready he was just uh, ready to comply for this uh scene only um but he does say that he wants to get a few mementos from oh, yeah. his quarters yeah i just right. want to grab a couple of things just a couple of things like evidence <laughs> yeah let the criminal go back to the scene of the crime <laughs> But he says he wants to go back to his quarters, grab for mementos, personal <laughs> items. Yes. Yeah, but he needed to go encrypt things. This is what he probably yes, had to go do. Yes. Uh, next, we go to engineering, mm-hmm. and we see Burke in there. Yeah, uh, walking around the engine core. Where's everyone else, by the way? Is this like nobody, wrote there's nobody is, else. I there. literally wrote, "Where is everyone else?" He's by himself, and he goes and he hits some buttons and puts his tricorder up on the counter, and then Bellana comes in from the back. Yeah, and she's like, "Hey." That console's uh, off limits to you. You shouldn't be there. <laughs> He's all flirty with him. And then he goes up onto the platform so she can't see the computer saying download and process. But I said yeah. to myself, great, he can distract her with his flirtiness and BLTs and all that stuff. <laughs> but why aren't there like half a dozen other people working in engineering? Well, like clearly just... it was taco night in the mess hall and everybody so. had to be there for taco night. It so. was BLT night. <laughs> yeah. But he asks her to get her to dinner uh, again, again, and, again. And mm-hmm. she's kind of flirty about it. And then she he really al- is. He ultimately says, Tom, she's like, well, I don't know. And he goes, Tom Paris. Yeah. She goes, yeah, Tom Paris. Tom Paris. And then Burke goes, you could do worse. And I was like, oh, that was <laughs> yeah, nice. And I thought, that Wait was a, a compliment. It was a compliment, but. But not really. Not really. <laughs> I guess you could do worse. Yeah. It's not great, but you could you do could worse. You could do far worse, I yeah. guess. Yes, it was funny. And then he tries again. He goes, gets his tricorder, which was yeah. downloading illegally. Gets his tricorder. Yeah, and then he pushes a button that he clearly cannot see from that perspective where he's no. at. But, he, but you know. He's, he's also magical. He knows yes, where it is. He's Burke. He's Burke. <laughs> uh, he tries one more time. Just the two of us. And yeah. she says, keep going or I'll throw you in the brig. In the brig. So she's still flirty with him she's to the very flirty. end. <laughs> I, I'm really upset that I never saw these interactions. I know. It's pretty crazy. All right. So now we're in uh, we're in mess hall. Yep. And we've got Gilmore, Chakotay, and Harry. Harry. And I got to be perfectly honest with you. I It was so hard for me to focus on this scene because I could only focus on my acne. <laughs> Really? I haven't. Okay. Because you have two types of acne. The the, kind of like one that sits on the surface of your skin and one that's really deep, deep in your skin called cystic acne. Cystic acne causes a huge bump, basically. So on my right cheek, my jawline is a massive, massive cystic acne that I was staring at the entire time. Uh, You didn't catch it, which is good. I did not catch it at all. I saw it for sure. Um, Their conversation uh, is all about salvaging equinox's um equipment and supplies and you know the conversation talks about different uh items that they can grab mercurium Mm -hmm. um 
And she offers something called a synaptic stimulator. Yes. Which she a calls poor a poor man's holodeck. Poor man's yes. holodeck. And I'm like, oh, it's like the Oculus. It's like the Oculus. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a VR headset. Like, it's not, we've got that now. Yeah, we do have that. Naomi Wildman comes in. She sort of yes. interrupts the big party here, talking about salvaging supplies. And she arrives to welcome Ensign Gilmore. She, she introduces herself. As the captain's assistant, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a very cute scene. I, I think it was good to have her in there. It was um, great. I love when she leaves. She's like, "Okay, as you were." And yeah, she trots off. <laughs> she trots off. I love it. At the end of that scene, she gets a call from Ransom. Says, "I need I need you back over here on the bridge on our yeah. ship." So we go to the uh, Equinox Bridge, and there's Ransom and all his lieutenants conspiring together. Yeah, uh, Berks basically says once they get the field generator transported off of Voyager, uh, that's what gone. they need yeah. and they'll get out of there. And Gilmore's like, hey, what about Voyager? He says, oh, they've got weapons. They've got they've got shields. They've got a shields. full crew. They'll they can they'll, handle it. They'll be fine. But then Less, Lessing even throws up a little bit of resistance. He's sort of like, yeah, like, maybe we what should... if we just join them? And then, yeah. yeah. And of course, you know, we have the we have Ransom saying, yeah, well, is that all it takes? A shower and hot food. And Lessing finally, in the end, complies. He's like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. Ransom says, no, I want to go home. I want to get out of here. We're so close. Nothing can stop us. Yeah. And Burke's like, well, this is not going to be easy. They've got a plan. They've got a plan. plan. It's their it's their Ocean's Eleven. Right. It's their heist. It's their heist plan. All right, so now we're in uh, Astrometrics again, yep. and we have Tuvok and Seven. Seven has detected a minor fluctuation in the security grid. It's coming from Equinox's research lab. Seven then discovers that it is still oddly filled with thermionic radiation, which it should have dissipated Tuvok's by like, now. that should be gone by yeah, now. Is yeah, is very, very, very surprised about that. After further inspection, Seven finds out that the source of the never-ending radiation are three three EPS conduits that have been rerouted to the research lab that are emitting radiation. So it's now they know it's intentional. So yep. yep. So they go to the ready room. Janeway is very suspicious getting all this news from Tuvok and seven. What yeah. are they hiding? How long will it take to vent this radio- radioactive plasma? Three hours. hours. She's like, wait a minute. Nope. Let's send the doctor. Cause he's immune to this radiation mm-hmm. and don't tell ransom. Right. Let's go over and figure, you know, see what we can see first. Mm-hmm. So we uh, we cut to a space shot and then science lab on the Equinox. And it's the doctor. He is he looking beams around. In. Yeah, he beams in. Now he's, he's kind of like looking around. He does find the chamber, the, the chamber that Burke was talking about. He scans inside and realizes that there is organic mass inside this multiphasic chamber. Mm-hmm. After further scans, he realizes it's one of the aliens. And this stasis chambers is equipped with matter conversion technology used to convert the alien cell structures to a crystalline compound or crystalline compound, however you want to pronounce that. And this compound contains nucleogenic energy. So in essence, the aliens were being converted into a source of power to propel this starship Mm-hmm. back towards the Alpha Quadrant. So now we know their nefarious plans. And it, clearly, this is something that Starfleet would not uh, approve of. I mean, it's not, it's very, no. uh, it's horrible. You're killing, you're killing a life form, uh, yeah. an innocent I mean, the, life form in order to uh, use them as power. It's yeah. horrible. 
Yeah, he basically fuel. figures out that they've been lying. That they, yeah. you know, what they had in the science lab was not used to defend themselves, mm-hmm. but it was used to harvest That's energy right. from these aliens. Yeah, horrible. So the next thing we see is uh, in the hallway. Burke and Ransom are walking down the hall, and they're ready to pull the trigger on their plan. They're going to transport this field generator. Uh, their Ocean's Eleven plan is about mm-hmm. to start, and they turn a corner, and a turbo lift door opens, and their security weapons drawn. They turn, they start to run the other way. Tuvok cuts them off. I love yeah. Tuvok's line here, where he says, "With with the weapons on them, the captain wishes to speak to you." <laughs> yeah, I do want to bring one thing up. Yeah. When the, at the very beginning of the scene, they're walking, and Burke says boy, I sure am going to miss this ship. And it's because of the interaction where the background actor walks past him and she smiles at him and he smiles back. This very tall, attractive background actor. Now, that is the exact same background actor that was in your episode that you directed, Someone to Watch Over Me, where Scott Thompson's character, Tolman, was in the mess hall staring over at a woman going, Ah, oh, she her. sure is. <laughs> yeah, she sure. Is. Yeah, it was it's her. The same it's one? the same person. Because I, you know, when we reviewed that episode, I brought that up. I said, I said that's somebody I've never seen before. That background background actor. And now we've and, seen him twice. And now and we've seen like this person twice. Yeah. Full of episodes. Mm-hmm. So now we're in the briefing room, and it's just Janeway and Ransom. Nobody else there. Janeway confronts Ransom, and you know he has to. Sp- the beans are spilled now. He doesn't yeah, have she, to spill. She, them. Lays she lays already knows what's going. She lays it all out. Know everything. And, you know, Ransom is the one that's kind of argues it's we need them to get back home. Just 63 more alien sacrifice. Yeah, she's like, well, well Janeway goes, how many is it going to take? How yeah. many how many people are you going to have to kill and harvest yeah. energy from? Yeah. And he ultimately says 63. Yes. And 63 there, to get home. Yes. And this is where Ransom quotes Starfleet Regulation 3, paragraph 12. Yep. In the event of imminent destruction, a captain is authorized to preserve the lives of his crew by any justifiable means. Mm-hmm. And Janeway says, I doubt that protocol covers mass murder. And Ransom says that in his judgment, it did. And Janeway says, unacceptable. And then he goes on to talk about the story about yeah, how, how they he, were down to they, nothing. They had yeah. Zippo. They had only thrusters. They had no warp power. They had zero dilithium left. And they were Barely able to make it to this M-class planet. Now we have a flashback scene on the Ankari home planet. Yes, yeah. they're very lovely and kind and generous. Yes, Ankari. they gave them food. They gave them, mm-hmm. you know, they gave them uh, some tech. They gave them a, a few dilithium crystals as well. Mm-hmm. And then they even performed a sacred ritual to invoke the spirits of good fortune from another realm to bless their journey. And Ransom goes on to say, but they were not spirits. Because in this flashback, we do see Burke open up his tricorder and scan these these spirits. They were not spirits. They were nucleogenic life forms emitting high levels of antimatter. And then they decided to trade a little bit later in the evening for one of these summoning devices. Because clearly they realized this could be something that can help us get home. I mean, if there's antimatter that these these life forms are emitting and they're nucleogenic. Let's see. So they get one of these uh, machines that summons the, uh, the antimatter aliens. Yeah. And they build a chamber in their lab to hold this uh, antimatter alien. And uh, 
they, it's a multi-phasic force field chamber that they build yeah. and uh, they summon one and to try to study it, but then it dies suddenly because they didn't know that the things could only exist for a few seconds. That's right. Ship. And they tried to send it back, but it, it didn't work. Yeah, they did try. So they sort of, it's the slippery slope of like, it really is. well, if we break this one rule and we're going to be nice about it, then they yeah. end up killing that guy. And so this led them to begin summoning aliens intentionally to use their bodies and mm-hmm. for this energy. And he, he insists with Janeway that, you know, we didn't have any choice. But Janeway's like, nope, because you're relieved of command. Yeah. And, let me, and just to give a few specs here, he said it enhanced their propulsion systems to the point that they traveled 10,000 light years in less than two weeks. So if we're 70,000 light years away from home, really, it, it's, it's going to be a very short amount of time before you're back in the Alpha Quadrant if you can harvest these aliens, clearly. Ugh, yeah. It's just horrible even to hear you say it. Harvest these harvest these aliens. It's bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she relieves him of his command, and she confines uh, he and all of the crew members to quarters. So they're going to end up being kind of guarded in some crew quarters there. We'll we'll find them later. So the next place we go is onto the bridge, and she orders the doctor to return to the lab and retrieve Mm -hmm. all the data that he can find. Would mm-hmm. find something yeah. about these aliens because she wants to communicate with them. Is that right? She wants to talk to them. She's yeah. like, yeah, let's make first contact the way yeah. we should. The proper let's try way. to do it the right way. Yeah. She tells Seven to go back to the Equinox engine room mm-hmm. and take all the modifications offline. She explains to them that they're going to be punished to the, to her crew. She says ransom and and that crew is going to be punished for for what they did. And so. She's going to try to make things right. We go to the hallway now and Gilmore says something like she's with Chicote and Gilmore says, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you stopped us, but Chicote's mad. He's like, yeah. you should have stopped yourself. Yeah. He's, he's not happy with it. He's not happy at but all. JC not... shippers are very happy with this. Yeah, Cause he's not flirting with Gilmore anymore. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> even though she felt guilty, she should have done something is Chicote's attitude. Yeah, they go sure. into uh, astrometrics. And they want the decryption codes for uh, all the modifications so that mm-hmm. Seven can go turn them off. Yep. And uh, Chakotay says to, to Gilmore, like, maybe if you do this, uh, you could live with yourself a little better. So she does. She, she's kind of torn, but she does input the uh, decryption codes for the mm-hmm. engine modification schematics into the astrometric computer yeah and then we go to sick bay on the equinox mm-hmm. and there's the doctor trying to do what the captain ordered you know find out more information and he's frustrated because he's like he you know it's decrypted the files he's trying to access are decrypted he can't access them the computer says it needs an emh authorization and the mm-hmm. doctor says oh you've got an emh and he realizes the mark one emh same as me mm-hmm. awesome so he says, uh, computer, initiate the emergency medical hologram. Equinox EMH says, please state the nature of the medical emergency. <laughs> yeah. The, and by the way, I love the, these kind of scenes are tricky as a director because you had Bob Picardo walking away from the panel, yeah. standing in the middle, activating the EMH. The EMH came on and then yes. walked over. So you have to have, when you're filming this, kind of a lock off. The camera has to move into a position to lock. Yeah. So you can have that split screen for yeah. Bob playing both roles. Right. But you also need an eye line. So Bob had to, you know, make the movement for the first part of the shot, mm-hmm. 
and then act to somebody else over there. Right. And then they cut. And then Bob had to go do the other part. Yeah. With the camera locked <laughs> off where he comes around. Yeah. So it was a, and the timing, those shots are tricky, but I thought it was really well done. I it was great. David, it, it, David yeah. did a really nice job. The eyeline looked great and yeah. the timing was great too. I mean, there was no, there was no flaws in this scene. I felt. Yeah. So, so our doctor, good doctor tells the uh, uh, Equinox EMH that the crew there has, has uh, broken a lot of rules and had these horrible experiments. And he's shocked to learn that the, the bad EMH designed these, helped design these experiments. And uh, just then the uh, bad EMH says, well, that's because the crew here deleted my ethical subroutines. And he yeah. suddenly, <laughs> suddenly hits the doctor on the arm, deactivating his mobile emitter. Doctor, our good doctor goes offline. And the bad doctor looks down at the emitter with a creepy, evil look on his face. It was good. I have to say that this is not the first time that the doctor's mobile emitter has been compromised. It's been hit before. There's got to be some way to protect this mobile emitter yes. Yes. to keep him from getting, you know, fritzed out again. It's just yes. like, come on, guys. Yeah. If this is the most important thing on him. Like, hide don't put it, it on something. his shoulder. Yeah, don't put it on his shoulder. Where he's going to bump it off or exactly. somebody's going to knock it off. Exactly. It should be attached to the back of his neck or something where it's just, it's not vulnerable to getting mm -hmm. bumped so mm -hmm. that, that was my my only note here so next thing is we go to the bridge uh fissures are opening now these aliens hundreds have, of them hundreds of yeah. fissures janeway calls tuvok and balana and astrometrics and janeway says get ready to bring on this multiphasic shielding yep uh janeway calls the doctor and she says did you find anything we cut to the doctor now we know it's we the know bad, it's not the, it's right the bad one. doctor yeah. yeah and the doctor says um, can you be more, a little more specific, which I thought was very funny, <laughs> which if I was January, I would have been like, wait a minute. Yeah. You're, why did you not know what we're trying remember to remember yeah. your orders? And <laughs> that should have tipped her off right there for sure. Yes. Yeah. And then the doctor does ask the computer at this point for ransom's location. Cause he knows he's got to save bad doctor has to save mm -hmm. bad crew. Mm -hmm. And the computer says, uh, crew quarters, um, deck, whatever. And so the bad doctor deck goes nine over. section 22. Yeah. yeah. And bad doctor goes over, grabs a case, opens it up. And then we see another evil look, a lot of evil looks from Bob Picard yeah. in this, in this section. Yes. Uh, Bob is king of evil looks in this yes. episode. Okay. So next we go out to space and where we see uh, the shields are weakening. So we have a yeah. shot out in space of the shields weakening. We see evil doctors heading down a hallway with that case that we saw him pick up. And he tells the guards that they have, uh, uh, this crew has been uh, exposed to some sort of mutagenic virus. He says, I need to treat them immediately. And <laughs> he goes inside where the whole Equinox crew is huddled up in a uh, big crew quarters holding mm -hmm. tank. Mm -hmm. And he opens up the case and there are weapons in there. Mm -hmm. couple and phasers, some, yeah. A couple of hyposprays in there. Yeah. And Evil Doc says, it's me, Captain, he says to Ransom. And then he gives him some sort of shot. Next, we see uh, Tuvok and Balana are attempting to activate the shield grid they were working on, but nothing it's not working. Mm -hmm. And so they try to find out what's wrong. We cut to a guard outside of those crew quarters, hearing mm -hmm. a door open, and the door opens. Suddenly, he pulls his gun up, but he's shot, falls to the ground. And uh, we cut on the bridge, and Harry says, I'm reading phaser fire. Sensors are reading uh, uh, unauthorized phaser fire on, on deck, deck nine, crew deck quarters. Nine, mm -hmm. Crew quarters. So we know stuff is starting. Yeah. And Janeway, <laughs> yeah, the, the stuff is starting. And Janeway quickly says, 
Seal off that deck. Seal off deck nine. Chicote says shields are weakening. They're down to 84%. We jump to Astrometrics Lab. They discover that uh, Burke, while he was engineering, had stole uh, the multiphasic field generator schematics mm-hmm. and also reconfigured power couplings to the device. Yeah. He also reconfigured sensors, so none of this would be detected. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tor- Tuvok and Torres work to try to fix this while Ransom outside with his crew over overpower guards. They take their weapons, heading down a quarter, and the, an evil doctor tells them that he rerouted transporter controls so they could beam out from nearby. So they don't even have to go to the transporter. Look room. at that. Yes. It's like a red carpet from Evil Doctor. Evil Doctor's a big part of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, shields are continuing to degrade. We're back on the bridge. Kim says there's an unauthorized transport. Janeway orders him to lock it out, but he says he can't do it. They yeah. bypassed ops controls. Yep. And back Equinox, on their bridge. Equinox mm-hmm. crew's gone. They did it. They're off. Yep. So it's, it's not looking good for our Voyager. No. Heroes. And our shields are now down to 40%, which is yep. bad. And, you know, Janeway, then she tries to call seven. Yes. And we cut over to Equinox uh, Engineering. And yes. And seven's lying unconscious on the room. Gilmore. Gilmore knocked her out. Yeah. Gilmore's got a phaser. So she knocked her stunder or something. Yeah. yeah. So Gilmore, even though Chakotay liked her, she's playing with the bad team still. She really is. Yeah. She really is. With all her PTSD, she's still a bad, bad still, person right now. Yeah. We go to the Equinox Bridge now, and Burke uh, reports that Torres has erected a force field over the multiphasic force field generator. And yeah. he can't, can't get a uh, lock. Burke says, I can't get a lock on it. I can't beam it off Voyager. And he says, I'm going to try to override the command codes there. So uh, mm-hmm. he finally does. He does beam the multiphasic field generator uh, onto the Equinox. Right. But there is that one scene with Torres saying that someone's disrupting this force field and she knows it's Max. He's using one of these algorithms that she taught him to use 10 years ago. Exactly. And then uh, she kind of blocks that, but then he has something else up his sleeve and that's, uh, he goes, he goes, okay, BLT, let's see if you could remember this trick. And mm-hmm. that's, that's when he physically is able to do the job or, or he's able to figure out how to beam it aboard. Next we go to the bridge. Shields are failing. Things are getting bad here for Voyager. Less than a minute until mm-hmm. uh, we lose our shields. And Janeway decides to call Ransom and she hails the Equinox. And she says uh, to Ransom, if you don't stop what you're doing, both of our ships are going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, that'd be better than 30 years in your brig, mm-hmm. which I, I see his point. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, it's valid. Yeah, it's it's logical what he's saying. Uh, she threatens to open fire on him, and she does. <laughs> she targets yeah, their weapons, their powers. He's systems. not phased. He, w- he still won't give up. So mm-hmm. uh, he ends the communication. She does, and Torres now tells Janeway that they have taken the field generator, mm-hmm. and Voyager is defenseless against these aliens. Yeah, um, back on the Equinox, ransom. This is all intercutting. This is great yeah, energy, back by the forth. way. Yeah, and it this, was. this whole. This whole last section just goes bouncing around all over. Everywhere. Between Equinox Equinox Bridge, um, Astrometrics Lab, our bridge, yep. their engineering, it's just everywhere. Everybody's working. And I, it, that's another thing I liked about this episode. Everybody's got something to do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the whole crew is involved. Yeah. 
So we go back to uh, the Equinox Bridge and Ransom orders uh, them to go to warp. But in engineering, Gilmore uh, says that Seven's attempt to dismantle the warp engines has stalled them. So she can't go to warp right away. Gilmore's got to got to try to figure out how to get their warp engines back online. And Burke does integrate the multiphasic field generator into their ship's computer. So now they've got this field generator. It's so they're, online. They're protected. They're protected yep. now. They're protected. Voyager has no protection. Uh, the shields uh, are starting to fail. Immediately, we start hearing these fissures, that, mm-hmm. that sound, that horror movie sound of the fissures. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry says fissures are opening on every deck. All right. decks, like it's a massive attack. Yeah, and Janeway uh, says, "Arm yourselves, arm yourselves." Yeah, and uh, once once everything's in place on the Equinox, they're gone. They are mm-hmm. gone, and they leave us to deal with these aliens. That mm-hmm. really, we didn't cause this, but now we have to deal with it. Back on the Equinox, um, they do have a fissure open there. Yeah, but Burke has gotten this field generator up and running, and mm-hmm. so as as soon as the alien comes through. It's trapped in this force field and it bounces around, you know, side to side, collapses and dies. And Ransom says, take that uh, alien to the lab. Yeah. Yeah, And And then Lessing uh, reports their engines are back online. Yeah. He says, set course for the Alpha Quadrant and boom. Maximum warp. Engage. See ya. So they're gone. See ya. So they pull away. And by the way, that means... Seven's on board with them. The doctor is still on board with them. Mm-hmm. Like they've stole, you know, uh, kidnapped two of our good doctors still on board with them. Two of our crew members. Yeah. Um, by the way, when when uh, the bad doctor beamed back over from the hallway earlier, didn't the uh, mobile emitter fall down on the ground? He threw it he, down, I thought. Or he threw it. He took it and threw it or something. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah, I do remember that. But is our doctor still on their ship, though? Well, he was downloaded. He was he was using the mobile emitter to travel there. So wouldn't he just go right back into our? Um, oh, maybe our he bank? is. Yeah. Oh, so I think he still might be. I don't know. Voyager. That's a good yeah. question. I don't know if yeah. he would have if he would have been sucked into their right. um, hollow emitters that were in right. their sick bay. I don't know, yeah, but I, I would not think sure. that. Seven's definitely on the ship. Seven is definitely there. And this is now, now we have the very final scene of this episode, which is the last episode of season five. And this is the cliffhanger. And it's of all the main crew on the bridge, defending themselves against these aliens coming through to do harm to us. And we see one alien uh, focusing in on Janeway. Janeway's not really looking and Chakotay sees, you know, uh, he says, alien. watch out. He says, Captain. Captain. Uh, yeah. Did that sound like him? Captain. Yeah, bit. it did. It's Thank very Kuchimoya. Thank you. I Kuchimoya did. And he um, stares at his love. Oh, I shouldn't say that, should I? He stares no, at Janeway. Yeah, it's his it? true love. His, his true, true love. And uh, we go. St- we have yeah, a POV. It's yeah, almost the, like a POV of, a POV the, of the alien coming, coming right, right at Janeway. the legs. Yeah. To be continued. TBC. Yep. We got BLT and now TBC. So to mm-hmm. be continued. And that's the end of this part one. Things do not look good for uh, us. No, not at all. What is your rating of this episode? My rating, I, you know, this was, um, it was a tricky one to make notes on because it was so dense, but ultimately, and you know how sometimes when we're watching these episodes, we're pausing, stopping and going. 
Yeah. So I have to take that in consideration. I felt like I was doing a lot of stopping and going. Yes. But ultimately I thought this was a really good episode. Good guest stars. Everybody was involved. I'm going to give it an 8.0. Okay. Now also give me your lesson from this episode. So I've got your rating 8.0. What are you going to give your, yeah. What's your lesson? My lesson is I wrote down nice is different than good, (laughs) which which is a quote from uh, the musical Into the Woods, which I was uh, a cast member of. Yes. Um, nice is different than good because this crew of the Equinox seemed very nice in the beginning. But they you did. always have to remember that nice doesn't mean good. So that's okay. my thing. Yeah, so sort of watch your back kind of a thing, right? Well, people in can be way. nice and that's great, but it doesn't mean, yes, like verify that good is action. Nice is words. Mm. their words okay. were really good in the beginning but when you see their actions like there were a lot of red flags i think multiple people should have caught that hey they're not being honest before we finally realized that they were putting the the radioactive conduits or whatever like there were red flags before that we should have seen it so yeah yeah i guess mine would be beware of a wolf in sheep's clothing yeah right kind of like yeah. yours in a way yeah uh my rating is going to be I'm going to give this a 7.8. I'm going to go a little oh. lower. So we're pretty close. We're close. Yeah. We're close. What do we have? Okay. I give it an eight. You give it a 7.8. Our Admiral and Captain average rating for Equinox part one is. Bam. <gasps> oh, you called it. Right on the money. Right on the money. 8.0 average. Wow. Good for you. But we were both, we were both, yeah, right we were both in the same, way, yeah. same thing. 7.8. Okay. I like it. I like it. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in for this week's episode. Equinox part one. Join Robbie and I next week when we will be talking about the conclusion of this two-parter and the, I guess that would have been the, the first episode of, of season six. I can't even mm-hmm. believe we're at season six now. My goodness. I can't believe it. Yeah. Wow. We've done the uh, podcast done... a lot quicker than we did the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we have. Probably twice, twice as fast. Twice as fast. Exactly. Yeah. It's been quite a journey and we've kept up the steam this whole time. We've been able to deliver every week. So um, I know. Yeah. So join us next week, everyone, when we talk about Equinox part two. Patreon patrons, please stay tuned for your bonus material. See you later, everyone.